This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the You Choose Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Please take a moment, pause this podcast right now, and share it with someone you think would find this podcast interesting. We would really appreciate it. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com. That's the letter U, choosepodcast.com, and find the different ways that you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And without further ado, let's get into the adventure you choose. We're going to go back to the 1880s. There's no lights, only candles. Deadwood City. Deadwood City. <laughs> you from Deadwood, boy? You got that Deadwood steak on you. I don't, I don't like people from Deadwood. I don't like them Deadwood boys. They shifty. You meet me at noon. Meet me high noon. I'm holding this candle way too close to my face. It's hot. Ouch. Hot I burned myself. I burned myself. Now, listen, this goes without saying. Uh, welcome to the uh, Covert Nerd Reads, De- um, Deadwood City. Covert Nerd Reads, Choose Your Own Adventures. Live. Where we live. Listen, the world's falling apart. Yes. So we need some some 80s nostalgia and get back into it and have some fun. Exactly. So campfire stories, in my case, candlelight stories. Sit back and join us as we... Oh, Jesse Kiefer's involved invoking the Mandalorian which has basically become a space western, which I love. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're not from around these parts. (laughs) Are (laughs) yes. But I got Boba Fett's armor on. (laughs) Do you have snakes in your head? Are you like Woody? Do you have snakes in your boots? I got snakes in my boots. Snakes in my boots. Dude, that's the worst, though. We all joke about that, but could you imagine a snake in your boot? I've had a spider in my shoe, and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> you know what would happen right after snake in my boots? It'd be pee in my pants. That's what would happen. There's pee in my pants. Oh, hey, it's Carolyn. Carolyn's back. Carolyn Daly with the with the 10, 10 purple hearts. Is that 10? Yes. Did I count right? Uh, let's see. It's eight. But who's counting? By the way. By the way, if she's going to throw out eight, I'm going to throw out double that. Sixteen. Sixteen. Purple hearts. Back to, back to Carolyn Daly. She's a sweetheart. She's the best among us. I guess real um, quick, if you are tuning in and you don't know what we're doing, we're going to go through the 80s children's book, Choose Your Own Adventure. And you can go into the chat here on Facebook or Twitter. And when we get to a decision mark or decision page, you can help decide, and we'll have it on the screen for you. And you can tell us to turn to page eight and go to the saloon, or turn to page 20 and go fly over a cliff on top of a mammoth while you're on fire. Hell yeah! <laughs> now, the thing, <laughs> now, the thing is, how many times in a reading of a story, or a bedtime story, no less, where you didn't get to kind of steer the events? You're like, hey, man, don't go that down, don't go down that path, go down this path. Well, yeah. this time you can do it. Yes. Tonight. Today, right now, tonight. And let's get started with Deadwood, which is written by Edward Packard. He is the creator of Choose Your Own Adventure. So we're going to start with uh, Deadwood City. And let's go ahead and open up the book. Let's just get this cow herd moving and get on to page two here. So I'll go ahead and start, Eddie. And then we'll go from there. All right. 
Imagine yourself on horseback riding along a desert trail humming a tune. It's in the distance you can see the snow-capped peaks of the Rocky Mountains. You have been working as a cowhand in the Old West, but your last job was boring. So about a week ago, <laughs> I wish you could just quit your job and like, ah, I'm bored. I'm leaving. I'm bored. No, dude, you should do that tomorrow at your job. Tell, come home, tell your wife, I'm a cowboy now. I'm a cowboy now. I got bored. <laughs> oh, man, that'd go over like a lead you're balloon. Be, you're about to be single. Yeah, Lee. <laughs> there you go. Well, you can be bored with your divorce lawyer. Oh, <laughs> but your last job was boring. So about a week ago, you packed up and headed on to Deadwood City. Now you're finally Ooh. approaching your destination. It's late afternoon. It's a warm, dry day. And as you ride into town, a fresh breeze blows the dust up into swirling clouds. The streets are nearly deserted, and the few people you see seem nervous and tense. You wonder what to do. You might go over to the saloon and see what's happening there. You know that in a western town, there is no better place to pick up the news than the saloon. But maybe you should go to the hotel. The clerk at the front desk can probably tell you what's doing in Deadwood City. Besides, you need a place to stay for the night. Then again, you might go to the sheriff's office. If there's trouble in Deadwood City, the sheriff is likely to know about it. All right, here we're at a choice. If you decide to go to the saloon, go to page five. If you decide to go to the hotel, go to page six. If you decide to go to the sheriff's office, turn to page seven. So we've got Hot three man. options. Not just deciding twice, but deciding thrice. Exactly. And to preface this, we, this is the second time we've gone through the book. And that's what's great about these books is you can go through them over and over again. But our first choice was the saloon last time. We did go into the saloon. So bear that in mind. We may want to make an executive order and say, well, maybe it's the hotel or the sheriff's office this time. Right. Why repeat past mistakes? Exactly. You know? And of and course, Jesse goes right for, for the, the saloon. saloon. <laughs> what, did just, what did we just tell you? Now, the thing to bear in mind is I want to point this out. How cheap, how cheap were baby boomer parents back then, Jesse? And, I'm sorry, and Lee. How cheap were I saw Jesse pop up. I'm sorry. That's how okay. cheap were they? How cheap? Because Transformers, they're like, I'm only buying that toy because it turns into two things. Now you got <laughs> two toys for the price of one. But then they go in these books. They're like, these books are 50 books in one. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm buying you. You're not getting I bought any books. You that one. <laughs> that's a good point. You got, on, on your shelf, it's one choose your own adventure book. He's like, that might that's that's 40 books. You know it is. Your your friends come over, they're like, that's one book. No, no. My mom said no. there's 30 books in there. You got three Transformers. You're like, I got six toys. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. That's a kid. Actually, you can tell you're a dad, Eddie. You you came up with this way to make it sound, you know, better to an eight-year-old, nine-year-old. Spin, nine -year -old. It. <laughs> spin exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. Oh, or it's like I take I take the breakfast cereal and punch it into powder and be like, now it's now it's pixie dust, kids. <laughs> yeah, come on, look at that. Look at that. Candy <laughs> dust. Anyway. Sorry. All right. So Carolyn says hotel. Brent says the sheriff's office. And Jesse says he's thirsty. We're split <laughs> three ways. Flip that covert nerd coin. Whip it out so soon, but 
All right. Y'all so, gave us no choice. What are we going to say? Since we really only have two choices, hotel or sheriff's office. Yeah, I say hotel's head because it starts with an H. Hotel. That's okay. That's how I All go. right. We'll flip it here. It's tails. So we're going sheriff. to the sheriff's. We just skip over Jesse like he doesn't <laughs> matter. Poor Jesse. I'm sorry, Jesse. You matter. You're fabulous. All right. Here we go. So page seven is the sheriff's office. So it's my turn. Is that my you, turn? Then? You, you got this, Eddie. Here we go. Do I do it in character the whole time? If you want to. I might read just this page. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. Okay. You walk down a dusty street till you come to a shack with a sign over it saying sheriff's office. He's not me, though, so it's all right. You go see Rio Blast, I'll take care of you. You go inside and are greeted by a tall, thin-faced man wearing a 10-star on a shirt. You introduce yourself to him, and he invites you to have a seat. He means to sit down. Don't take it with you. You're not some kind of seat thief, are you? Don't be taking seats. <laughs> have you heard what's going on, he asks. Kurt Malloy is coming into town. When he takes over a town, it might just as well have been burned to the ground. In fact, if you ask me, that would be preferable because this town sucks. I'm kidding. That's just, what, that's just something he implied. That's all I'm saying. All I can say is you better watch your step. That's dangerous talk coming from the sheriff. He done gave up. Yeah. Lee, he doesn't he don't he care. Did. He's done. You bet watch your step. You think maybe this town isn't such a great place to be, but you just about broke, and you better stay around long enough to earn some money. Do you have any idea where I might get a job, you ask? No, I don't, the sheriff replies. The most useless sheriff I ever did see. <laughs> but you might talk to Mrs. Megan. She lives right across the street, and she always seems to know everything that's going on around here. This sheriff is as useless, useful as boobies on a boar, as those cowboys <laughs> would say. You can't milk a boar, Lee. You can't no. do it. You're mad. Yeah, it would be crazy. If you, if you decide to pay a call on Mrs. Megan, turn to page 14. If you decide you'll look around town instead, turn to page 15. You can help decide, do we go to Mrs. Megan or do we look around? Yeah, you're right. This guy, they never say the name of the sheriff, but I have a feeling it might be Barney Fife. He's no darn good. He did not send. He did not give you any he's, help at all. He's like the worthless law enforcement. He's even Proofrock and Schmidt might be better than this guy. Proofrock and Schmidt are cracking their knuckles like, let me at him. They're like, hold, <laughs> hold my beer. Hold my 70s Schlitz malt liquor. I'm going to come in here and clean up this town. Exactly. Hold they, my Schlitz. They don't even give the, the sheriff a name. No, exactly. He's just the sheriff. And he he's like a bitter old man. He's like, I don't even want to be here. I don't know why I'm here. My wife he's made like, me take this job. I <laughs> he's like, if there's a God in heaven, he'll burn this place to the yeah. ground. He'll light it on fire because this place is cleansing fire of the Lord is the only thing that'll save this town. <laughs> he just like hates it. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah, more like Sodom, Gomorrah, and Deadwood. Left out that city. Burn. Uh, 
All right. So, so oh, Jeffrey Lee is in the chat and he says, go get back to the hotel. <laughs> right. Is that even a choice? Oh, no, no. Miss Megan. She's Miss no, Megan. We can't. we can't go back Jeffrey, to the hotel. Too late. Jeffrey, we can't be making up endings. Oh, Carolyn's talking like part. she's talking like a cowboy. I love it. <laughs> Every, bonus covert nerd coins for people who talk like cowboys in the comments. Carolyn gets five covert nerd coins right away. Go get a gosh darn job with Megan. Miss Megan, you give me a gosh darn job. Right now. Right now. Not yesterday, <laughs> girl. I need to work. Don't make me get my so, gun out. <laughs> don't make me get the, my, my angry face on because I'll do it. I will. I'm, Kurt and Kurt Malloy I, is our bad guy. I mean, any anybody named Kurt. You meet a person named Kurt, you better pu- punch him across the jaw right there. <laughs> there, ain't, there ain't no darn good. Oh, we got Jesse. Get a drink. Hashtag parched. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse wants, wants to go to that to saloon. Go. <laughs> That's awesome. Someone get Jesse a glass of water. <laughs> Jesse might need an intervention here. I think. Nah, no, he doesn't, man. We're all going through this together. I'm just Court kidding. High school musical, my high school musical. We're all in this together, everybody. We're all in this. Oh, no, that's a, we're all in this together. Hey. <laughs> Nobody's getting out of here live. No, <laughs> that sheriff had anything to say about it. He's like, listen, I'm going down to the general store to buy a can of gas and a match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This town's burning. Feel the burn is right. Getting postal. Get him a Manhattan. Manhattan. (laughs) Listen, everybody, these are great comments. We need to decide something because so far, Miss Carolyn Daly is the only one. I think we're just going to. Should we just go to Miss Megan? Go see God Star Megan. Yeah, Mrs. Megan, which is page 14. Mrs. Megan. Page 14. Yep. You knock on Mrs. Megan's door. In a moment, it opens. Yeah. (laughs) On Megan's door. door. In a moment, it opens, and a little old woman with sparkly blue eyes and a warm smile greets you. When you tell her the sheriff suggested you pay her a call and that you're looking for work, she invites you to join her for a cup of tea. You could get a job as a ranch hand or even riding shotgun if you like that sort of the work. Uh, what, what is that? I guess... I. I think it's passenger, but back then the passenger legit carried a shotgun. Oh yeah, like when they were riding the 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 mm-hmm. the wagon, they would have the guy next to him with the. That's where that came from. Okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's, All right. that's where the term came from. When they said shotgun, it's because you were you aren't just sitting in that seat; you're holding a gosh dang shotgun. You're, yes. Okay. All right. Mrs. Megan says, "Just look at the notices posted down at Tyler's General Store." But would you consider starting a newspaper? Hmm. I've been planning to do it myself. I even had a printing press sent all the way from Philadelphia. But now my health isn't what it used to be, and I'm just not up to it. If you're interested, I'll help you set up. If you decide to check out the notices at the general store, turn to page 15. If you decide to go into the newspaper business, turn to page 40. We're getting to the point. We're at a critical point now. I can feel Uh it. This is our career path right now, right in front of us, guys. <laughs> this is like you're the 18-year-old senior deciding what you're right. going to do. You're like, now you do like reading. You're reading a book now. Yeah. Why not go into print? <laughs> to, to quote someone, print's not dead. Jesse says, ride shotgun. Hashtag, that's what she literally said. 
<laughs> That's what she literally said. But listen, there's a lot of like notable people who were involved in print media. You know, yes. the Rothschilds, right? Mm-hmm. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. <laughs> uh, who Peter, else? Peter Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker, he took photos. Give me pictures of Spider-Man. Give me Spider-Man. Yes. Spider-Man. Give me pictures. Give me Got pictures it. of Jesse Kiefer. Yeah. That's what Jay Jonas Jameson wants. Pictures of Jesse Kiefer. Just, just a fistful of like pictures of Jesse Kiefer. All right. Carolyn so, Daly, he wants to be a newsie. Car- Carolyn says newspaper. Jesse says newspaper. So I think it's newspaper. You're short on ears and long on mouth, boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one. That's a good one. That is. Join Grawlix. Join Grawlix. <laughs> I have to give I have to give Jeffrey some some credit here. He's getting, he's inventing choices that don't exist in the book. He's really we good. We should do right right your needs, own adventure. Okay, so Jeffrey gets ten covert vern coins. Ooh. Covert nerd Ooh. coins, ten. For Add those being, up. being creative. It's, Making your own endings. It's a game where the points don't matter. <laughs> yes, much like All much right. like this election, much like this election. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so, okay, what page are we going to? We're going page to page forty. Forty. Oh, All Carolyn right. said Lois Lane. There we go. See, there you go. All right, page she was forty. Like, Give me pictures of Spider Man. I'm getting there. I'm going off a of hobo internet right now. Running a newspaper sounds great, and you gladly accept Mrs. Morgan's offer. Your paper, the Deadwood Dispatch, because you love alliteration so much, <laughs> will appear every Friday so that when people come into town for the weekend, they can read the latest news, providing they know how to read. You'll turn over to her any money you take in on the fin- first four issues, and after that, You'll own the printing press free and clear while you are. That's a pretty good deal. Actually, it is actually first for four issues. It's like, you can just keep everything. I'll starve. (laughs) And then after that, (laughs) it's yours. It's yours. It's, it's mine to keep while you're just down a couple pant sizes because you're starving. (laughs) Yes. While you are getting your first edition ready, many of the local cattle ranchers go out of their way to tell you that sheep are ruining the grass on the open range by cropping it too close to the ground. I thought they said crapping, by the way. I almost read that wrong. <laughs> Oops. They're crapping on the ground. <laughs> An editorial on the subject will certainly attract attention to your newspaper. The cattleman's position sounds convincing, and you think maybe you'll say in the dispatch that the sheep ranchers should go back to where they came from. Hmm. This is the first boring choice. Yeah, I know. This is like this is an actual career choice. Do you write the scathing article? Yes, or not? If you decide, if you decide to write an editorial against the sheep ranchers, turn to page twenty-six. If you decide to wait until you have heard the sheep rancher's side, turn to page twenty-seven. Ooh, ooh, editorial conundrum. You're right. This is kind of a little bland. We want to see some Kurt Malloy and uh, go back to that gritty sheriff. We were at a point where we were going to face off a murderer. And now we're like, should I write a story about huh. how the sheep farmers should go? Or should I interview them and then get? Hmm. Uh, or is it a story about the dusty farmhand now 
paper magnate. Right. This is probably, and I won't lie, this is probably the most boring sounding choice we've had to make ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> in this book series. I'm sorry. No, it's not your fault. <laughs> you read enough of these. That's what... And we got more people invading, inventing endings here. Wait? <laughs> Wait for what? <laughs> Call Deep what Throat. We... What? <laughs> Jeffrey Lee. This is a family show. And then Carolyn says, wait, page 27. So she says, wait. So Carolyn, she's. Oh, wait. Yeah, wait. We got two waits. Good things so... come to those who not wait. <laughs> Take the stuff they want. You can tell this is a lower budget. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> the effects aren't as good as the other one. This is a made for TV movie version of Choose Your Own Adventure. You remember those, Imagine. the after-school special? Yes. Oh, Lord, those things. <laughs> oh, wow. Really, what did you learn about taking candy from strangers? I learned <laughs> friendship is, rules. Th those things were like low to no budget uh, TV movies. <laughs> Never forget it. Those Benji ones. Remember those Benji oh. ones? The dog Benji? <laughs> How old are we? We remember Benji. Oh, yeah. I That's remember Benji. cultural... The little terrier dog that got into misadventures, but he solved crimes and taught kids a thing along the way. I think they may have paid in covert nerd coins back then, too. That's why it didn't they had take to over. Didn't <laughs> All right. take off. So Carolyn says, wait. And I think that's the, the consensus here. I think the consensus is wait. Good things come to those who wait, man. So, it's, yeah, so we're going to go to page 27. 27. You spend a few days calling on sheep ranchers in the area. They argue that the cattlemen are breaking the law by fencing off the water holes and trying to drive sheep ranchers off public land. You decide the sheep ranchers have just have a just cause for complaint. And in following Friday's edition of the dispatch, you print an editorial saying so. Many people comment favorably on your editorial, but a couple of mornings later, several tough looking men stop you in the street. They're led by Jack Garvey <laughs> and a burly redhead, a red bearded cattle rancher. We like your newspaper a lot. Garvey says it would be a shame if you weren't around to ruin it any run it anymore. Oh boy. It is. He's our first Italian mobster. <laughs> be a shame if something happened to your pretty printing press. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Hey. You know Don't that want... you can't run a newspaper by letting other people tell you what to write. On the other hand, you've heard a lot of dead heroes in the West, and you don't want to be one of them. If hey, can... bada bing, bada boom! You can't be printing papers with your dead either. <laughs> if you're dead, you got to sound like you sound like Tony Danza. You got to your Danza. Fingers, fingers are broken, Angela. You can't be printing. <laughs> You can't be making newspapers if your fingers are broken. <laughs> if you continue to publish your views on the rights of sheep ranchers, turn to page 47. If you decide to write about other things for a while, turn to page 49. So basically, do you keep going and risk getting shot or do you just back off? Listen, I don't want to sway the crowd here, but the bottom line is you've already gone this far. You can't be all of a sudden writing about different things. Hey, guys, have you ever wondered about mice? Do they wear hats? Do they make their own little clothes? What are mice about, huh? You yeah. can't do that. People are like, what happened? This What's paper used on? to be good. Now it sucks. What happened to the dispatch? <laughs> what happened to the Deadwood dispatch? It used to be something good. It's the voice <laughs> of the people. Now it's some garbage rag. I don't want to... No, it's ruin it. 
you're doing it. But on the other hand, how are you going to be printing any newspapers with your ghost hands because you're dead? Dead. <laughs> hey, Angel, Angela, you can't make a newspaper. If you're six feet under the ground. Six feet under the ground, Angela. Angela. You're inside a coffin. Mona, you're inside a coffin, Mona. You can't make a a paper if you're inside a coffin. Jesse says, tell the tale. There it is. Brent says, feel the power of the press. (laughs) It's about uh, nine millimeters. (laughs) The bench press. You're going to get dropped 200 pounds on your neck. Where's the adventure? <laughs> oh, wow. Carolyn gets 15 covert nerd coins for that one. <laughs> I know, right? This is so far. Choose your own career path. That's I know. The best. <laughs> this, is, this is, yeah, like career days at school. <laughs> Angela, this is a family show, Angela. You can't be talking about breaking fingers and burying people. Carolyn. <laughs> And then you write about Dear Abby and mouse clothes until you die. Oh, that's hilarious. You can write about that's other stuff until you die for him. <laughs> oh, man, All that's right. good. Oh, what do we got here? Yeah, I, I, I agree, Brent. Carolyn just got the best line of the night. <laughs> <laughs> until you oh, die. Well, I, I think uh, let's go ahead. And uh, Jesse said, tell the tale. So I think that's uh, continue. So that's page 47. <laughs> He's nest up. 47. <laughs> when does the nine millimeter get involved? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think we're about it's ready. Coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I can smell it. Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah. I told you, boy. I said, boy, I told boy. you. Foghorn up yeah, in you here. You got the Foghorn Lankard. Yeah, I say, I say, boy. boy. I said, boy. All right. I told you to quit writing about. All right, you ready? Here we go. You continue to take the sheep rancher's side in your editorials. You cannot be bought or threatened, apparently. Yeah. You're fearful or dumb. But a few days later, you find that your office has been broken into, your printing press damaged, and type scattered all over the place. You could tell this book is old because they say type, and we know what that is, but I don't know if everybody would. <laughs> no, I don't think people understand that nowadays you would drop in you call the sheriff in because that's going to do a heck of a lot of good that sleepy sheriff's going to come in and shrug and be like well, I told you it burned his house burned his place <laughs> to the ground. where's my matches that's all he can do <laughs> all, I see, all I see is a printing press that's not on fire yet <laughs> you call the sheriff in he says Kurt Malloy's gang must be responsible and you're like, Kurt Merlot hasn't shown up yet. It was some other guy. Yeah. But you feel sure some cattlemen are behind it. As soon as you can get your press repaired, you print a special edition <laughs> with two, two, two letters on top of it. F and U. And it tells everybody. <laughs> your headline reads, no free press means no freedom. Ooh. You call on on the people of Deadwood City to get a new sheriff and enough good deputies to enforce the law. And I don't even need to keep reading because I feel it in my bones what's about to happen. Oh, yeah. 
After that, many people come to your office and pledge their help. A protective committee is formed to end lawlessness in Deadwood City. You realize that there may still be trouble ahead, but you enjoy your work and you are determined to make the Deadwood Dispatch the best newspaper in the West. The most boring end. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably the most meh. But that's what happens in these. Sometimes you get a stinker. Sometimes you get a good one. Carolyn wasn't lying. You're like, and then you retired and found a boring wife to marry with boring children. And then you stare out the window where you went wrong. So, but we were right. They said, get rid of the sheriff. So we were right that that sheriff was just a loser. That sheriff. (laughs) I think Jesse Kiefer. Thank you, Jeff. Jesse. (laughs) and i guess okay i guess that's awesome though there's one thing i've learned on these live reads uh um, lee is that if there's a yin there's definitely a yang to these reads, and the next story is gonna blow your mind because we're gonna go in space space people We were on the Wild West. Now we're in space. So refresh your drink, whatever the heck it is you're having. Tea, beer, wine, hooch, chocolate milk. (laughs) Well, as we said earlier, we know what Prufrock and Schmidt have. They have Schlitz. Schlitz malt liquor. Brought to you by Schlitz malt liquor. (laughs) Not not fine malt liquor. For those of you that may not know, the Prufrock and Schmidt reference is from way back. And... We'll have to put a link in the show notes. You have to go listen to it. Yeah, we still got to And see, my move is really like moving. They say they say having a pandemic and an election and trying to sell your movie and move your house is the most <laughs> stressful combination you could possibly have, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're like, let's just do it all. Combine them into a giant ball. <laughs> so. My COVID life n- now seems <laughs> very fulfilling. <laughs> see, you could be writing for a newspaper in Deadwood. Exactly. Be happy, Brent. Be happy, Brent, with your sad, sad life. <laughs> Jesse says, That's "Go happy. to the saloon." <laughs> <laughs> we know how that ends. We've been down that road. We, we at the saloon. saloon. <laughs> get, get that drink going. Sarsaparilla. So okay. Our, my my checking out has been difficult here. You start us off. Yeah, I'll get started off here. So, third planet from Altar, page one. For many years, astronomers tried to detect messages from life in outer space. Finally, at an observatory on the top of Mauna Kea in Hawaii, these signals were recorded. And it's just got a bunch of gibberish, a bunch of squares and triangles. and I have no idea what it is. Their source was found to be the third planet from Altar, a yellow-white star 16 light-years from Earth. Scientists everywhere agreed that the signals, which were repeated continuously every few minutes, must certainly have been sent by intelligent life. But they were unable to agree upon their meaning. So page two. You are one of the crew of four aboard the spaceship Aloha. You and your companions have been chosen to journey to Altar to seek whomever or whatever is sending the messages. You hope to travel the vast distance in only a few weeks instead of hundreds of years by making use of time contraction technology. 
All systems operated perfectly as you blasted off and accelerated past Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, and on into interstellar space. Now, two weeks later, you're standing on the bridge watching the rear-view display screen. The sun has diminished it in size and brightness so that it now looks like an ordinary star. With you are Captain Bud Stanton, veteran <clears throat> astro- astronaut, Professor Henry Pickens, cosmologist, not cosmetologist, (laughs) and Dr. Nira Vivaldi, an anthropologist specializing in interspecies communications. That's what, is that, wasn't that what Al majored in was interspecies communication? I believe so. And actually fun fact, uh, he used to be a space cosmetologist. You're a space autumn. You're a space autumn. Those are the colors you got. It's a Jupiter fall. (laughs) Suddenly, space around the ship is filled with flickering light. You glance at the captain. He's a, he is rigid, as if he were frozen. Sparks oh. dance around the computer. Your body begins to tingle, and Pickens is leaning over the sensory data display screen, shivering as though he has a severe chill. We must be passing through an antimatter storm, he says in a shaky voice. Fortunately, a mild one. Mild, perhaps, you reply, but look at the captain. He's paralyzed. I think we should turn back, says Dr. Vivaldi. We're not equipped to handle this, especially without the captain. I think we're through the worst of it, Pickens says. I'm sure the captain would want us to continue on our mission. Your decision will break the deadlock. If you allow the Aloha to continue to go to, to Altar, turn to page six. If you instruct the computer to change your course, turn to page eight. So do we continue or do we change course? <laughs> no one on this crew is native Hawaiian. <laughs> yes. No. So you know, if, if your Pickens is a shiverin, you know, yeah, what do you wrong. do? <laughs> so Carolyn says to change course. We last time we decided to go to page six. And that was what to change course or what's page uh, six? What's page six? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I don't even shoot uh, the gap. I'm, <laughs> I'm zooming in now. Page six was to continue on course. Oh, okay. Page eight was to change course. <laughs> so we okay. got to ch- 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 change it too. So we got two change two courses. courses. One for a shoot the gap, which I'm going to believe that to be change as well. I think so. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> It's what we said when we were shooting at rabbits. <laughs> the buck teeth. <laughs> Shoot that rabbit, I'm, son. I'm going to go with, we're going to change course. Okay. Hey, Jay, you change course. I almost read like Rio again. You change <laughs> course and begin to chart a more indirect route to Altair. The antimatter effects subside. All systems return to normal. The captain stirs as if awakening from a long nap. Are you all right, Captain, you ask? He smiles at you, but there is a strange look in his eyes. Set course for Deneb 5. Ultra hype. Ultra hype? <laughs> Ultra hype? Isn't that Isn't what's that on what Spaceballs was uh, ludicrous speed? Uh, ludicrous <laughs> speed. We've gone plaid, sir. Yes, we're going to go plaid. Ultra hype is what Jesse and I do for each other. We're just sitting in the background, just. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Who's Jesse in the world? 
Ultra Hype. That was Al's oh. nickname in Space Academy. It was. <laughs> um, 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 ultra Hype. He says in a monotone voice. But what about our mission, you say? That's in order! I sense an alien presence among us, Dr. Vivaldi says, passive-aggressively. Hmm. It must have lodged in the mind of the captain and be gaining strength. You must act. They make a lot of assumptions on this, they, by the way. This one's <laughs> had a lot of assumptions. <laughs> I mean, okay. You must act. So there you go. So now we have a choice to be made, as I flip the page the wrong way. Uh, if you follow the captain's orders, turn to page 12. If you do not obey the captain, turn to page 22. There mm. you go. So do we Drunkiness. obey the captain or do we not? Activate obey. ultra. I, I know. <laughs> Jesse. Oh. I want to commission that as an RP so bad right now. <laughs> Activate ultra hype. Mutiny. 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 That's Ooh. a pirate. Carolyn. Pirate lady I know. Carolyn. Open tables over and backhanded fools. Oh. Feel Jeffrey said in my hand. 22. 22. 22 is do not obey. We got a lot of we got a lot of, mutiny, a lot of disobey. Don't do it. All right. Looks like you're reading page 22, Mr. Searcy. Okay. So I'm going to return the book. Okay. So you point your mini laser at the captain. Since you your conduct violates your our orders, we are required to confine you, you tell him. You march the captain to his quarters and lock him in. When you yeah. return to the bridge, you find that Dr. Vivaldi has already ordered an emergency change of course to get you away from the alien mind force. Later, you go to the captain's quarters to check on his condition, you find him up and about looking as if nothing has happened. You did the right thing in confining me, he says, but I'm okay now. Let me out. That's an order. Ooh. All right. Do we let the captain out or do we not let the captain out? So if you decide to let the captain out, go to page 44. If not, go to page 45. Huh? Shoot him. Did he violate Shoot the? <laughs> Shoot him! He's got an alien inside of him. Shoot him! Sorry, mutated into a human Shoot form. Him Shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Shoot him, Dad. Back to the future. Yes. <laughs> Where's hey, the whiskey? Compensate. Compensate is huge. Oh, Carolyn. Carolyn said no. Oh hell no! You letting him out. That's how they get you. He's got so it. He's I'm, got an egg growing inside of him. You know it. I'm so glad you locked me in my room. Now yeah. let me out. Oh That's yeah, a this, knife to that. That that whole line there is like, yeah, this is totally playing you. <laughs> Normally we try to abstain from affecting the jury, but now we're like, no, no. Okay, so let him rot. <laughs> we got so, essentially three. I think we're going to page forty-five. You say, I'm sorry, Captain. This is for your own good. And then you shoot him right betwixt the <laughs> eyes. <laughs> this is for your own good. And quickly lock the door of the cabin. Then you return to the bridge. Abruptly, the aloha begins to tremble. The stars on the display screen whirl into new positions. The warp disruption 
Oh, sorry. Time warp disruption. Time warp disruption, says the computer. Full range screen presentation, you call out as your PowerPoint is maximized. (laughs) (laughs) The whole array of stars and galaxies appear. Appears. I can hardly believe it, Dr. Vivaldi says in an awed tone. We know where we are, but we don't know when we exist. These stories, they get bonkers. Earth may not yet have been born, or it may already have disappeared. We must activate the Chronostan. Oh, wow. Did I read that? The Chronostan. The Chronostan. The Chronostan. I think I had a cousin that was there once. That's from a country, right? Nasty case of Chronostan back in the day. I dropped, clear it right up. <laughs> we must activate the Chronostan, Pickens cries. It is our only hope of returning to our own time. But what if we fail, you wonder aloud? Pickens thinks a moment, which takes a lot of energy because Pickens is not that smart. We might end up in a time from which we could never escape, possibly even a time before any matter existed in the universe. We would then be totally and finally alone. The introvert's dream. (laughs) (laughs) Computer rates the probability of success, which we don't even know what success means at this point. (laughs) 32%. Dr. Vivaldi and Pickens say they will trust your 12-year-old judgment. That's right. (laughs) We need to go ask the guy at the Deadwood Dispatch. Hey, I know you wrote a successful newspaper in the Wild West that was almost shut down by a bunch of crooked cattlemen. And you're only 13 years old. But what would you do with a 32% success rate of being stuck in a time warp where we might not even exist? (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Like... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> if you, <laughs> I thought I had a stressful life. If you activate the Chronostan, turn to page 55. If you decide to remain in the present time, whatever that is, <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> whatever I mean, that is. If you decide to remain in the present time, whatever that is. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Turn, turn to page 60. Okay. So if you activate. Activate the Chronostan, this shiny device that we haven't heard of mention of once. It's like the or, MacGuffin. Turn to page 55. If you decide to remain in the present time, turn to page 60. Okay. So 55 or 60. Yep. And I am returning the book. Okay. The book is successfully returned. All right. And Jesse goes back to activate ultra, ultra hype. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Activate the shiny. <laughs> it's the MacGuffin. The ultra hype. Why do we have an ultra hype if we don't push that button every time? <laughs> All right. Is this ET? <laughs> yes. This okay. is the director's cut. Okay, Addy, you have to do a. Captain Kirk impersonation that says, activate the chronostan. Activate the chronostan. There we go. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Spock, activate yeah. the chronostan. Activate the chronostan. All right. Jim. 
Jim. I'll point out to you. No one's ever done that <laughs> done <once>. before. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't even know. We don't know. <laughs> so I By assume we're spelled K R N O K R dash S T A Stanley. I think we're going. I think we're going to activate the Chronostan, Eddie. I think that's the consensus. Fifty-five, man. They want to go to page fifty-five. So we're going to push the button. The shiny red button. Don't push the shiny red button. Let's push it. Okay. You insert the Chronostan program into the computer, which emits a musical tone that rises higher and higher until it becomes a searing pain shooting through your head. In a moment, you're unconscious. Oh, my. Sometime later, you awaken and look around. You and the three others are in another spaceship, larger and more comfortable than the Aloha. Though the enormous windows of this new ship, you can see the whole galaxy. I can tell by the arrangement of the constellations that we have traveled a few thousand years in time, Pickens says. Now, how does he know? Oh, well, look at these stars. We're a thousand years in the future. Hashtag Pickensplaining. That's what I call this. <laughs> He's Pickensplaining. You don't know that, dude. I can tell by the constellations. By we've traveled thousands of years, and you're full of. D- he swallowed his tobacco chew. That's what think, he done did. <laughs> I think he did. Oh, hashtag, hashtag out there. Now. Yeah, we got to put that out there. Hashtag Pickensplain. He's like that annoying kid that, well, actually, in issue 18 of volume one. <laughs> okay. So 57. Here we go. Oh, wow. Some cool art. <laughs> I got beat to it. Everybody else jumped on it. Did you see that? <laughs> Pick and splain. Pick and splain. So you are astounded to see that there are two strange creatures in the compartment. They have squat bodies, four legs, and oval heads. Each holds up rope-like arms and waves its spiny hands. You understand? Or waves its spiny hands. You understand they're welcoming you aboard. Welcoming you aboard their ship. Within a few hours, you're able to establish communications with these beings through computer-assisted translation. They tell you that they come from the third planet from Altar and that their des- destination is the third planet from the sun, the Earth. You will arrive in only a few weeks. You can only guess whether it will be in the future or the past. The end. Dang! <laughs> okay. Are you me? Hey! <laughs> you were kidnapped by idea. aliens. Who look like weird bed bugs with like... Michelin tires for torsos. I can't tell what's going on there. And it looks like they're wearing plaid uniform with pockets in the front. They have a belt. I'll have to put a link in the show notes, but here I can zoom in a little bit here. Well, they they did go full plaid on this yeah, one. See? Look at that. Oh, wow. Look at them. That's fashionable. Yeah, see these pockets and the little buttons up front and Ooh. the belt? It's really bizarre. Odd evolutionary decision there. Yeah. I don't know. The, the face looks really, wow. They just they did put out a hashtag squad body. So, hashtag squad body. So what did they do for the artist for this guy? They said, here, come up. <laughs> space herpes. Exactly, Jeffrey. Yep, yep. Uh, did they have to take an acid trip for this? Or is this like, just give me something really bonkers? Yeah. I mean, that, 
That's exactly Carolyn with another one. Grandpa. Grandpa. That's exactly what it looks like. She nailed it. Why are you wearing your pants up to your nipples, Grandpa? Come on. <laughs> Not good. Well, you know, when you get older, things sag, Eddie. So by the time you're 80. Belt up to your neck. You know, you know, here, here's a success. We didn't die. No. Mm-hmm. We met the aliens that sent the signal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mission accomplished. We, the captain somehow is basically like, we did not resolve that story at all. No. He's just locked in his cabin for all that's, we know. That's true. Yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> so whatever. But hey, so far, so good. And then we also have the reference to a, to a space Ed Grimley. That's totally fabulous, I must say. I just can't do it. Look at it. I just love it. I just, I just we didn't actually eddie we didn't die in either story other than we might have died in boredom in the other one but <laughs> one could die we died a slow death in that one yes, like, yes. so that means it's a celebration right eddie <laughs> we'll take that because when we don't die in a choose your own adventure book it feels good it feels exactly. good in the hand feels good in the hand <laughs> but so yes we, we can celebrate we and did not <laughs> Go ahead. And I would say, would you say Carolyn probably got the most covert nerd coins this episode? I think Carolyn ran away with at least, you know, about 10,000 covert nerd coins when it's all said and done. Yes. Uh, I think yeah. you can get those. <laughs> Carolyn wanted to die. And <laughs> <laughs> we all did. I think we, we all did. did. Yeah. We but- left a piece of ourselves back in Deadwood. It's not right on your back. <laughs> That's the thing with these stories, Eddie. Sometimes there's a stinker. Sometimes they're good. But that's why you go back at the beginning and read through it again. Start over again. Hopefully our lives are like the same thing. When we fade away and die on our deathbed, we open our eyes and start afresh. Here's hoping. And here's here's what you might see when you wake up, Eddie. One of these. Oh, Lord. Look at them. They look happy, (laughs) though. They do have pockets. They do have pockets. pockets. Yeah. You think you think for an alien, dude? You guys weren't kidding with the grandpa. That's- I know that's what <laughs> that, like- that is hilarious. Oh my gosh! Um, she had and she had lines one and two of the night exactly. Carolyn yeah. walks away. The champion. She's tonight. the champion. Well, so. tune in. Tune in the next two weeks. See if you can knock Carolyn off of her uh, platform with your with the uh, your your comments and covert nerd coins. She gets the covert nerd traveling trophy. Yep. Oh, <laughs> next choose your own election adventure. That's funny. <laughs> Space heroes, Space heroes with pockets. pockets. Exactly. We all, win. we all win with the pockets. Everybody uh, yeah, wins. So I would say, yeah, we're gonna do this again in two weeks. Yep. And uh, I'll be in the new digs, and that'll be fun. Oh, that'll be nice. And it'll be fully lit. Fully lit. Won't be all dark like this, trying to hide stuff behind you. You don't want to see my unmade bed, piles of laundry. That you- won't do you any good. You need to talk to that sheriff from Deadwood that likes to burn things and get a match or something. It's like, hey, can you help me reset my bedroom? <laughs> he like he like pulls out of out of his pocket is a whole wad of matches. Yeah, which kind do you want? Strike on the box, strike anywhere. This is, the old, this is the old reset button right here, is what I call these. <laughs> Those are matches, sir. Oh, the choose your own adventure championship belt. I like that. Hmm. Which we should probably, I mean, we can talk more off camera, but we should probably make some sort of fun little. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Choose, your own, choose your own adventure, covert nerd. Belt. Belt. I want to see Van Eddie. <laughs> you never know. Bring on the know. laundry. 
No, I won't. No, I won't do it. Well, we better sign uh, off. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And until next time, nerd it up. See ya. Thank you for listening. It means a lot that you took the time to hear what we have to say. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com for all the different ways you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And until next time, you choose the adventure. I guess, Eddie, you should tell everybody that may be listening that where that comes from and the podcast that that originated from. So I invoked the character of Rio Blast. That is from the character of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that we breathed, 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 new breathed. life, in, <laughs> breathed, new life into through our podcast, Make Eternia Great Again, yes. which um, is a fun, nostalgic look back at He-Man and all things He-Man. But also now we're starting to branch out into other things mm-hmm. um, of the 80, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, late 70s. We're not that old. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a super fun show. But we've got several characters we've kind of uh, uh, brought to life again. Uh, one among them being Rio Blast, the Western uh, cyborg cowboy, and also the one and only ram man voiced yes. by the one and only jesse Kiefer. jesse right Kiefer, there. right the there same, we had the same idea and tell so, everybody yeah, what rio show. has rio has what on his what got he's got guns on his guns, guns yes i tell you what it's like it's like gun safety get gun safety means more guns son. that's right keep those guns <laughs> safe well if you I'm want to happy if you teach a gun how to shoot <laughs> it's a it's a fun podcast eddie and i love it because you guys go through a ton of characters so you can i'll put a link in the show notes and you can pick out your favorite character or just start from the beginning and listen to all of them lord help you if you do but yes please do <laughs> it'll be fun and i may invoke i may invoke a real blast as we read this so we'll yes. see how it goes oh brent is in the chat too i forgot to mention that prince there which he called me clem clem caddiddle hopper that's a that's a mouthful right there now you're just being silly brent now you're just being silly is there there's got to be a cousin like a phlegm kettle hopper something like uncle (laughs) oh yeah it's me it's me it's me it's ram man all right let's get jesse anyway